Just a friendly reminder that if you like what you have heard here, if you want to support the ministries of Henry's Chapel UMC, which is the church in which I am currently serving, and we ask that you would send any donations that you would like to to 563 East Main Street and make checks payable to Henry's Chapel UMC. With that in mind, let us dive in to our sermon for this morning. Our sermon comes from the book of Romans, the 13th chapter, verses 8 through 14. And as you're turning there, just a friendly uh, confession, if you will, that um, I'm not a morning person. Some of you out there may be, but I'm not. I don't like getting up. Um, I don't like having to get out of bed. And I've, I've come to realize that a lot of it has to do with the fact that waking up in the morning brings about change. I have to get out of where I'm comfortable, which is my bed. I have to actually do something. And that just that doesn't seem fun. I'd much rather stay comfortable and lazy then get up and actually do. And with that in mind, I want us to hear these words from Romans in the 13th chapter, verses 8 through 14, where it says this, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law, the commandment. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from your sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery or licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desire. And so as we look at this wonderful text, brief as it may be, it's extremely rich in what it is saying and how to live in accordance with what God is calling us to do. Because what we are ultimately hearing Paul say, as he relates, as he is addressing a concern in the ways that the, that the Romans are relating to one another, as he is addressing division and anger towards people, and we don't have to look very far in our own society to see how that is at play even in our current world. But what we hear Paul telling us to do is love. Paul is addressing this idea that in the, in the church, now he's talking about the church in Rome, but ultimately, I think it translates well to us as well. But what he's saying is that we, we have a tendency to sit back and go, well, I haven't committed adultery. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't stolen. I haven't coveted. And he's like, that's great. And so often we find ourselves living in an ideal that 
that to be a Christian is based on what you don't do. But what he's changing, he's flipping the script and saying, being a Christian is not about necessarily just what you don't do, but about what it is that you are doing. He, he, he's calling us to realize that it's great. Don't mishear me. I'm not calling anybody to go commit adultery or murder or lie or cheat or whatever. But he's saying it's great that you haven't done that, but what have you done? What have you done? And he's pointing the people to a lot to an ideal that says we are called to do something and that something that we are called to do is wake up and love one another he paul doubles down even on this because he he, he starts off by listing off some of the ten commandments and says that we are called to to love and then he doubles down in verse 13 when he says, depending on the translation, the Common English Bible says that let's behave appropriately as people who live in the day, not in partying and getting drunk and sleeping around in obscene behavior, not in fighting and obsession. And I think so often in our world, if you look at the NRSV, it says in quarreling and jealousy. How often in our world do we find ourselves living in quarreling? Yet you click on social media. You open the newspaper, you turn on the television, you listen to the radio, and all you see is the vision. And it seems to be amplified in this in election season with quarreling of those Democrats, those Republicans, or even in college football season, those rebels, those bulldogs, those golden eagles, those tigers. And what begins to happen is we begin to define what it is that we hate not by ideals but by people and what paul is warning us about is to wake up and realize that this is not right to wake up and realize that our enemy is not of flesh and blood but that our enemy is of the spirit the spirit of injustice the spirit that enslaves and divides people the spirit of addiction and thirst for revenge of prejudice fear greed and as we look at our own lives where do we see that present in our world where do we see people enslaved in our world and we may say oh well the slave trade's not real in which case i would say as paul does wake up one of the prominent things in our society that you start to see as you start looking around is that there is still a very active sex trafficking going on in our world there are still persons being enslaved in our world wake up to the ways in which people are enslaved Wake up to those things that are dividing people, whether it be along political lines, socioeconomic lines, race lines, whatever. Wake up to the injustices in our world, to the rising addiction numbers in our society, 
wake up and realize those moments when you were acting out of revenge and not out of love, those moments that you were acting out of pre prejudice and not out of compassion, those moments where you act out of fear and not peace, where you act out of greed and not and trusting in God, wake up in those ways of darkness for a new day is dawning. And what Paul is directing us to is that that new day is a day of love. A day in which we are called to love one another. A day in which we are called to, as I said earlier, wake up, get out of our comfortable beds, and do something. You see, as I said earlier, Paul is not simply saying to become aware of things. But what, because what he is looking at is he's going, so often we as Christians have sat idly by on our morals and said, well, I don't do this and I don't do that. And I'm not the one oppressing and I'm not the one holding down and I'm not the one engaged in those behaviors. And he says, that's great. But what are you doing? How are you acting to alleviate the injustices in our world? How are you acting on behalf to set the captive free? How are you showing love to those around you in a world that says that we should be divided? Because you see what he says is that by loving neighbor and loving God, we have fulfilled all of the laws. That we don't have to worry about what we're not doing if we are if what we are doing is acting in love. When Jesus was asked what is the greatest commandment, he didn't say, Oh, well, thou shalt not commit murder is the greatest commandment. No, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. And so what he was ultimately getting at is that. The rule is that the, the scripture does not hinge on the things that you don't do. Let us not be labeled by the things that we don't do, but by the things that we do. And let us be labeled as the old Christ, as the old hymn goes, they will know we are Christians by our love. And to love oftentimes means that we have to wake up to the ways in which things are not as they are or should be. When we hear about the creation story, we hear about a creation of equality of all. That all are created in the image of God. All are loved by God. And as we find ourselves in our society today, we have to wake up and realize that that is not the world in which we currently live. A world where, they, where people are living as equals because we have to wake up and realize that it is still not equal for, for the, across the racial lines. It is not equal across the socioeconomic lines. It is not equal across gender lines. And we cannot, as Christians, sit idly by and say, well, if they would do something, because what we hear this morning is it's not for us to say if they would do something, but what Paul is calling us to do is ask the question, what are you doing? How are you showing love? 
And when we sit idly by and say, if they would just do something different, we are putting the blame on those that are oppressed. And how ridiculous is that? You see, what we are called to do is wake up to the ways in which this world is not as God intended for it to be and to act, to try to rectify our world to, as we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're, we're trying to rectify our world to the reason in which it was created, that all would be loved. I can recall growing up, and I would oftentimes growing up order a kid's meal when we went to the restaurants. It didn't matter what restaurant, McDonald's, Burger King. And oftentimes I didn't order the kids' meal because I wanted the food in the kids' meal. As we all know, we order the kids' meal because there's a toy in the kids' meal. And so nine times out of ten, I would order a kids' meal and I would end up being hungry after finishing the meal because there's never enough food. But I got my toy. And, and when I was still hungry, I would look at my mom or my dad and I would say, I'm hungry. And oftentimes they would say, here, have some of my fries. Here, have what's left of my burger. And, and the reason that they would do so is not because they weren't hungry, but was because they realized that there was someone in need that they cared about. And how would our world look differently if we acted in that way? If we cared about those people that were hungering, if we cared about those people that were being oppressed, if we cared enough about them to say, I'm not simply going to go, oh, well, that's terrible, but I was actually going to do something to try to rectify the situation. And now I know that the other side of the coin is that as I got, grew older, there were moments where my parents would look at me and say, well, Next time you need to order something differently than a kid's meal because they realized if I kept doing the same thing, I would get the same result. But if they corrected my behaviors, then maybe things would get better. And, and so often I think what happens is we, is we act on that behalf and we say, well, if you would fix your behaviors, then you wouldn't still be hungry. And the reality is, is that may, while that may be true, we also have to equip people with wisdom and, a, and the ability to rectify their behaviors. We can't just sit idly by and go fix it when, when, we have the, when we are the ones that have the ability to fix the problem for them. Why would we not do so? I've said it before and I'll say it again. For us that receive privilege so often, equality can seem like oppression. But sometimes what happens in love, and we see it explained in Jesus' life, ministry, and death and resurrection, is that we are called to wake up and sacrifice a little bit for the greater good of all. Because we were created to love. We are called to experience and understand the deep, deep love that undergirds and upholds the commandments of God. And by intimately being known and loved by our God, to then extend and share that love with this world. 
this morning's text is nothing short of a call to wake up and love one another. To not sit idly by and say, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that and I'm not the one that is oppressing and I'm not the one that is causing hunger, but to wake up, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your beds, if you will, and to do something. And that something is to act out of love, mercy, and grace for your neighbor and for your God. To get up, wake up, and to love in this world that so badly needs to see, hear, and feel God's presence. Amen and amen.